Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for another Hello, and welcome to Season 32, Episode 20 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. My name is Kurt. I'm Minerva. <laughs> and I am Mo. We have Minerva beaming in from Chicago right now, which is why our introduction was a little odd because I think we, I didn't plan. Sorry, I didn't. I should have told everyone how to do it. So I was, was my bad. You were on it. So yeah, welcome Minerva. Hi. It's been a while. Last time you were here for an AP. So thank you for joining our advice show. Yep. Yay! In today's episode, Araya from New Jersey asks about running a campaign set in the city. Eugene from Boston wants advice on running Decima as a one-shot. And Captain Kurt from Alaska reflects on Jackercon. Had nothing to do with me. Jackercon? Jack- <laughs> no. Jackercon. Okay. Yeah. If you'd like to contribute a question or story to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Blurp. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Blurp. And I'd just like to personally thank everyone who's pitched in and thrown in some emails and sent us some emails. I am less stressed out, but if you still <laughs> want to send emails, uh, please do. We're setting up a new system actually where you can send in like messages through Discord. So in case you're like me and like neurodivergent and you were like, I will send an email and then immediately forget like until your next like somewhere like driving and someplace you absolutely cannot send an email and that's when you remember next. So that way, like if you're sitting in Discord, you're like, oh, I should send an email. Like you don't even have to leave Discord. Mm. You can just type it in there and you don't have to like trust that you will remember later because you will. I check my Discord even less often than I check my uh, email. So, (laughs) but I do still need to write that email. Yeah. All right. Announcements. Our next game days is November 4th, Saturday, November 4th. So if you wanted to come join us for a, you know, a whole bunch of really fun games, there's already, I think, like three games posted, or maybe they're just talking about them. I don't know. But if you join the Discord, it's completely free, super fun. Um, we usually have a really great assortment of games being run. Every game is required to use safety tools and follow specific guidelines. And yeah, it's usually super fun. So come check it out. You can join the Discord at happyjacks.org slash Discord. And uh, yeah, so November 4th is the next one. And that, it's a little wiggly because we have people in all different time zones. So right. someone running I, it. I was, <laughs> I was going to ask. I mean, of course, of course, I know yes. what game days is. Yes. Are, was, yeah. will be. But for any new Early. listeners who Please. are just coming in yes. on this episode, what Welcome. is game, game Days? So Game Days is our, our community game days. We think it's funny to spell it with a D-A-Z-E. So that's what we call it. But yeah, so you can just join the Discord. There's a whole section there where you can come join in games. You can run games if you're at a certain level in the server, just so we make sure it's people who are running the games really understand the community culture. So once you get to, I think it's level two in the Discord, which just means you've like, talked for I think like 20 minutes or something like that <laughs> like it's very minimal <laughs> then you can run a game or you can just join the games and does it cost anything you do not have to watch the shows or any of that stuff I mean if you're listening to this you're already listening or watching and consuming the content but it's not a requirement so if you have friends who just want to find a really amazing safe fun inclusive place to game the discord's a fantastic place for that and then every other month we have just these like game days so this is the answer to the question of 
hey, Kimmy, where can I find games to groups to game with? Exactly. Like, okay, we, We've yes. built this in now, so <laughs> we have JackerCon, which is our big, like, blowout that's, like, four days in a row, mm -hmm. once a year. And then every other month, we have one of these days, which kind of spill into other days because, like, someone's running it on November 11th in their time zone, which is November 3rd in your time zone, or November... Whatever. Are they on Mars? I mean, <laughs> was, I, was like gonna, I wasn't going to say I'm skipping here. I wasn't going to say that. I mean, I mean, we have people playing in like Australia and stuff, so it's very yeah, but possible. It's not it won't be eight away. days. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. What did I say? It's 11th and 3rd. Oh, it's, sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's because November is 11, so in my brain, like I was picturing, sorry, yeah. No, if they're on Mars. November then... 11th is an important day. I'm sure that's why it sprung into your head. Yes. yes. Also, but I also just keep picturing it in my head as 11. I also typed it on the Discord wrong the first time I had to fix it. So, yes, I'm sorry. So if you're super running professional. it, some people are super professional. I'm also very tired. The reason November we're doing this 4th, kit. some people might play on November 3rd in their time zone. Everything's fine. Everything's cool. We're all, all fine good. Here. We're fine. This here. is all fine. This Thank is you. fine. Everything's fine. Um, also, we wanted to do a big bag con recap but let's do our indie design of the month real quick yes since it is the beginning of a new month very exciting welcome to october spooky season Ooh, um, yes. our new indie designer of the month is monroe yeah. wells soto yeah. <laughs> he they a queer <laughs> trans mask latin designer you can find his work at monroe row that's m-o-n <laughs> R-O-E-R-O-E -E dot that. itch dot I-O, which I love. Every time mm -hmm. I say that, I like giggle and smile. It's very funny. Yeah, they're also at Eldritch Crow on Twitter. And the game we're talking about this week, because it's the beginning of spooky season, spooky, spooky, whatever. Yes, all of that. Yes, both. All the things. Is a game called Spell Jar. It's a two-player journaling game where the players take turns rolling dice to create a spell jar, like a potion jar. Mm-hmm attempting to guess the results and contemplate what they would change to make it better and more effective. It's basically like a really cozy two-person game. There's a lot of like really great reviews on it. And it's really easy to incorporate it into other games, like a mini game, some people were saying. Hmm. And also it's fantastic by itself and creates a really interesting relationship between the two characters and like mm. kind of a fun, like low stakes way <laughs> that where it's like back and forth, a lot of things. And the dice really kind of evidently can take Take it in different ways that is unexpected. So it has really amazing reviews. It's usually $6, but it's on sale right now for $3. So you can get this awesome two-player journaling game for $3 at monroro.itch.io. Monroro. Monroro. Yes. So super excited. Yeah, then their games are just very, very cute, and I'm really excited about them. It does and, sound super cute. Yeah. And I was just like, spell. Make a spell. It's October. Ready, go. Okay. So, yeah. Yay. <laughs> so, and yeah, thank you, Monroe, for agreeing to be our Indie Designer of the Month for October. The coolest spell my uh, my wife ever came up with in the game was Summon Bartender. Nice. Oh, nice. She was playing a bard. <laughs> and she, say, she, she got Summon Bartender. Components. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It, well, I mean, it was somatic and verbal components. Okay, think, okay, yeah. okay. But, because this is not how you summon a bartender. <laughs> no. no, that's no. rude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all right. So, Big Bad Con recap. I wasn't Big there. Big Bad Con recap. I went to Big Bad Con. Me too. Yay! Was... I went one day. Yes, you should. 100%. Come on, come on, come on through. I thought Big Bad Con was awesome. 
It was it was great. Yeah. Was that your first time, Kimmy? Yeah, I hadn't oh, I hadn't wow. been before. So so let me ask you some questions. Okay, do what were your expectations, and how did it measure up or not? I had always heard about Big Bad Con as like a very tight knit little con that's like like where indie designers mm-hmm. go and mm-hmm. meet each other. Mm-hmm. When I was very nervous, it was like the vibe, like not the vibe, but like I was acting and feeling like the like first day of school. I'm gonna yeah. go. Yeah, there's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. the cool kids table. I'm not gonna sit there yeah. and like. I mean, you are. <laughs> who, who will talk to me? You, right. are, <laughs> you are an indie game designer. I, mean, I am, but like, I mean, like, it's one of the things in that you, circle yet. Yeah, like yeah. working into the circle. Yeah, you have to like do the thing, and you have to like not awkwardly introduce yourself, which I'm not great at. Like, I just end up just going, "Hi, I'm Kimmy. I do. Hi, yeah, I like your stuff. You're cool. I follow you on Twitter. I don't know if you know who yet. Like, yeah, it's a whole thing. There ended up being for, and then I guess it's like a new development, like a whole other layer of like streamers networking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I did Ooh. not pack clothes for because that's like a whole different type of networking. Yeah. Oh. Like indie game, it's like, hey, this is my sweatshirt that I've been wearing for three days that's got <laughs> my logo on it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then like streamers all look really nice all the time. Yes. And yes. I was just like, oh crap. So <laughs> Clara and I were like rooming together and we were both trying to like help each other out with like, because we'd packed for indie game design con and it was like, <laughs> suddenly this is like, the who's who up and coming of the streamer universe AP performer con. And I was like, I wasn't, I didn't plan for this con. I did. I, <laughs> you didn't I, get, I didn't the, get memo. the memo. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yes. I did yeah. not get the memo. Well, it, it was sort of new. It was like, okay. But even though you weren't prepared, how did you feel you were received? I think it, it went really well, honestly, because I kind of, I went mostly focusing on Golden Lasso games. Like mm-hmm. I was like, because you can't do two things effectively. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. can go and you can promote like Happy Jacks and streaming, or you can go, like, I can't right, right. do both effectively. I can do both, but not to the extent that I wanted to. Um, you wanted to focus. Yeah, I wanted to focus. Sure. And I really, focus especially, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get Starscape playtested by, like, new people, and especially pe- new people who are really into the indie game mm-hmm. scene, which went great. And, yeah, I think it, it went really well. And I ended up connecting with a lot of streamers, too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're there, it's like... Eventually, it's a small con. They bumped it to a thousand this year, but it still seems super small because, like, we're used to strategic cons, which are between well, one and two thousand right, usually. Right. Like, yeah, Eric usually gives the numbers that are it's somewhere around two to twenty four hundred. Yeah, somewhere in there. Now it was more spread out physically, so mm-hmm. it didn't feel like that. But there was like this big center area where everyone kept coming back to. So I ended up actually like a lot of people ended up connecting with me, even through for streaming stuff, which yeah, yeah. was really cool. And I had little little bit badge ribbons that for happy jacks and for golden lasso games and a lot of people like knew about like that i didn't know knew about either happy jacks or golden lasso games and like in a way that was like hey yeah no i do this oh i love that you did that (laughs) and i'm not used to that like it's that any award-winning thing you know a little maybe i don't know but that was that was yeah that was the thing that i was work that in there yeah yeah that was the thing i was delighted by but also was a new experience because mm-hmm. i'm used to people who know me through like through happy jacks or through fair or like people who have a personal connection to me having this stuff right and it was the first time i'd really run into people who had no idea who i was and also liked the stuff I did. Work. right and that was kind of cool both for happy jacks and for things there was a couple people who are actually kind of like big streamer people. And mm-hmm. it turns out like they're in the Discord and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They're not like, they mostly joined for like the gaming community, which we were talking about a few minutes ago. So I don't know if they're like out and like 
open about who they are right. on the Discord. Right. So I don't want to like call it out. Sure. But I was a little bit like, oh shit, because I was like handing out flyers and mm-hmm. this one person walked in and they're like, oh, that's Happy Jacks, right? Do you have something to do with Happy Jacks? And I was like, yeah, I, I own it and run it. <laughs> like, it's like, no, like Jimmy, your reputation is preceding you at this point. Come on. Well, like, they didn't know who I was at, like, all. Like, they had no concept. And they're like, oh, like, I'm on the Discord. I've been playing games there. I, just, I don't listen to any of the shows. I'm like, that's okay. Like, right. the Discord's totally separate. That's like the community part. You don't have to listen to the shows. But you it was just like, happy jacks. I love happy jacks. That's why I think like, there's no way to like answer that question without seeming like an asshole. Yeah. So I just tried to do it as nicely as I mm-hmm. possibly could. Like, oh yeah, um, I actually own and run it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, it was, I did. Have I well? I ran a two official Starscape games that people could sign up for. They both mm-hmm. got filled, and they both went really well. There were some Happy Jacks people in both, which is really cool. And then the woman who wrote uh, Thirsty Sword Lesbians mm-hmm. signed up for the second one, which mm-hmm. I didn't know because I I was not organized enough to like look at the sign up and be like, who do I know? On this yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. So like, I walk in and I'm sitting up, and then she walks in and sits down. And I'm just like, oh shit! Right, <laughs> oh, fuck. right, right, right. right. Yeah, I think she ended up loving it. So, I mean, I don't know. She seemed to really enjoy herself. And then, like, literally as I was, like, rolling my suitcase out on Sunday to go catch my plane, she's like, oh, are you leaving? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, I was, wanted to know if you wanted me to run Starscape for you. <gasps> yeah. I was like, oh, shit, my plane leaves in 90 minutes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, the answer was yes, but I can't because right, I have right, to catch right, my right, flight. Right, right. Yes. And, and we'll talk about that in later, the future. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so... I, Let it, me give you my card yeah. as I'm running into this cab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I got some amazing, really good feedback, some really constructive thoughts on it from both playtest groups, which was great because I think because that con is people... Like, when I run it at Strategic Con and I run it at other cons, um, you always have people who aren't really familiar with PBTA, which is fine because that's also a playtest group you want to have. Right. But Big Bad Con... A, the people who are actually signing up for games at Big Bad Con are really familiar with indie games. Like Vincent and McGay Baker are walking around. Yeah, they did they <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, they did like group breakfast. Right. So it's like, hey. Yeah, and like Kurt, Captain Kurt got in one of their games. It mm-hmm. was super, super cool. Like mm-hmm. Vincent Baker was jamming. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, so it was really interesting. And it was, I don't know, it, it was very surreal. I met in person a bunch of people that I have followed and interacted with mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. sometimes we wouldn't realize that at first for a while mm-hmm. i had one friend yoshi who does a lot of game design stuff with me on the magpie discord and he and i have been talking back and forth and been like internet friends for years right. but it's one of those things where we're just like this little picture of ourselves right. and like i was running a games on demand pickup game of decima and you know we're running it and there's and at one point I was like, oh yeah, we're, they had decided to, to build a sci-fi game mm-hmm. or a sci-fi setting. So I was like, oh yeah, it's kind of like in my my game I'm playtesting, you know, I playtested this morning, Starscape. And he was like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, like, You're doing Starscape? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm Yoshi. I was like, oh. Like hug it out. And like the rest of the table's like, what is happening right now? But it's just kind of like, it, so it's very interesting to like have this convergence of all these online and internet connections. Like, right finally in like human form nice yeah. meeting kind of in meat space it's a and weird meeting in meat space it's weird yeah and you realize how much you have no idea what these people look like yeah you kind of like assume and then you're like is that them i have no idea if that's them right is that can you go at 
casually. Mm-hmm. So then I can like walk over and it, know. It's that thing of of when you listen to like DJs on the radio and such, and they they never look like their voice. No, they absolutely no. never look. And I imagine that we do not look like our voices either. I doubt it. I don't know. Someone write in an email. Tell us if we look. <laughs> yeah, I, I would actually be like very curious to know. Yeah. If I sound like my face yeah. or if I look like my voice. I don't like my voice, so I hope I don't look like it. <laughs> well, you're very handsome, so. Oh, well, thank you. And I happen to like your voice. Yeah. Yeah, that makes one of us. <laughs> two out of, look, two out nobody of likes one, to man. hear themselves recorded for the first five albums. <laughs> that part. My follow-up to yeah. Yes and Everything Kimmy said, like, it's different from Strategicon and many other cons because there are no minis people. There are no D&D people. It is all indie games. And it is wall-to-wall indie games. And it's people doing really amazing, weird stuff in the gaming space in a way that is very cool. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a place you can go and play kind of... I'm not even going to say niche. I mean, I played uh, Coyote and Crow Mm -hmm. with one of the designers. And that was such an awesome experience. And it's a game that's doing some cool stuff in some weird ways. And I loved it. I also played World Ride Wrestling with like some people who loved wrestling and people who like uh, had gotten on TikTok hour before the game to figure out what wrestling was. <laughs> and it was so awesome and fun. And it's definitely a, a game where you will really be, I think, rewarded for taking risks. And what you sign up with, it's a place where you will be rewarded for just talking to people mm-hmm. because everybody is doing such cool, weird stuff. If they're cosplaying, if they're uh, streamers, you know, who are super approachable, if they are game designers who would love to chat about something they designed or something else. Yeah. I drove up there with a, a, a another uh, podcaster in the space and we talked game mechanics for 400 miles. And <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I've had that drive. Yeah. You know, like I met so many people doing such cool things. Yeah. And, you know, people have come from far and wide. Many people have jumped on a plane and gotten visas to come to this game mm-hmm. to be very expressive in the RPG space. And that does not even cover all of the really <laughs> cool panels that they have. Yeah. That I they didn't go to any of like, them. Like, 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 yeah. That they don't record because they, they're like, we want to have a genuine experience mm-hmm. as opposed to something that gets packaged mm-hmm. and rehashed that people will like wonder, am I, am I count, accountable for the thing I said in 2023? <laughs> right. Or for the question I asked that like really was trying to seek understanding mm-hmm. and not be offensive. Yeah. I think it was really interesting too. Like, like, it's like, I think there were actually some D&D games there. Jason okay. was talking about it for a while. He's like, I think I'm going to go play some D&D. I'm okay. Like, You're going to Big Bad Con to play d and I mean, come on. I mean, it's fine. But it's also like, like people are walking around handing out like one sheet RPGs, yeah. like games. Yeah. Like there was a karaoke game, mm-hmm. like a karaoke RPG that they were what? playing in one room. Yeah. Like. And it's just that like sounds dangerous. It it, it was yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, like I hate karaoke. <laughs> I actually bonded. I made a new friend, my friend Ned. He runs the New Jersey Web Fest. 
But like we were sitting there together and like we bonded immediately over how we both hate karaoke so much. Like we hate going to karaoke. So you like to sing to people, but you yes. don't want to hear people sing. No, no, no. I just don't like karaoke. I love listening to people sing. I hate karaoke because if I'm going to sing, like I want to do something like I've rehearsed and like have down cold. Like I don't want and you, I don't want to don't rehearse your your standard karaoke choices. I, is, why, no, you don't, I, you don't have a, It's oh, also okay. just uncomfortable. But like um <laughs> But yeah, so he and I bonded over breakfast and like hanging out and like, oh yeah, New Jersey Web Fest. Also, we hate karaoke. So that was <laughs> like you never know like what I, you're gonna I, become I best love friends with karaoke. About. <laughs> I have one point I karaoke seven nights a week. Yeah. For several months. Uh, yeah, that's just, it's not my jam. <laughs> like I've done it. Like, oh man, Abria and and Joey are super into karaoke. Oh, yeah. And Jason, they like, love yeah. karaoke so much. So there has been many a night where I have been a good friend, like good soldier and you know like what that. if they want i mean i'll dive on that sword for you i'll mm-hmm. go with them if they want to do karaoke and they need the, a fourth or i don't know do you need a foursome <laughs> is there a karaoke? Is it like golf i don't that's, know that's a different kind of karaoke. <laughs> oh my no that's not what i meant uh, <laughs> it is anyway. 9 30 over here oh yeah sorry <laughs> yes happy jack's nice but yeah anyway it was a really cool experience <laughs> happy jack's after dark yeah, yeah. <laughs> i learned a lot like i think next time I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do differently. It's like this this torn between I want to run my games as much as possible so people play them. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like I missed out because I didn't get to play in anyone else's mm. games. You didn't play any games? I only ran games. Oh, wow. I ran a bunch of games. Oh. I ran so many games, which is why, like, I never lose my voice. I had, like, almost no voice on Monday. Oh, wow. But luckily, I have, like, a microphone set up in my classroom after COVID and masking. So I was like, okay, happy fourth grade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do yeah. with the whiskey. No, no. <laughs> no. I only had a little bit of fun. I did get a little drunk, but that was mostly margaritas. And I can handle, like, that doesn't make me lose my voice. Uh-huh. There's anything I can do. It's, I know how to project and, yeah. drink, and sing and drink. and drink. Yes. There we go. Uh, but running that many games, like. Oh, yeah. No, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also we were all masked, which is really great. Like, it was great having but a content it, that it, safe. But after but you a while, gotta, you're projecting mm-hmm. through the mask. Yeah. It, ta- it, it really takes a toll on your voice. So running Starscape and then Decima and then Decima and then like the evening and then again, like the next day. So I ran out of all the Decimas I took. I took like 20, which also like the um, PSA does not like it when you pack a whole bunch of cards in a, <laughs> in a carry-on. That part. So I don't know. It's a thing. Next time, talk to your driver. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Next time I'll have to take more or something, but maybe everyone will own it by next con and I won't have to take it all. Who knows? Nope. Yeah, oh, no. Then, no, then you have to bring out Decima 2. Yeah, Decima 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you don't you don't want to worry about market saturation. Yeah, no. Okay. So starting yeah. specialized deck. The, the sci-fi deck. Set. Right, the exactly. Wild yeah. West deck. Yeah. That's sort of the plan eventually, but I keep presenting other games. So. All right, we should actually like do oh, oh yeah, the, the, we got a show. Yeah, let's yes. do a fucking show. There's an actual thing. Oh, my bad. We have my an bad. agenda. Yeah. Who wants to take? <laughs> I've been doing a lot of talking, so I, I feel like someone else. The first one. All right, I'll go. take mailbag. Okay, mailbag one. Go Minerva. Oh Minerva. Grand Mistress Kimmy and the Gamers of Legend, Aria from New Jersey here, and I decided to answer your call for email. I recently took the advice from a previous email to try and run a game at my friendly local game store, and I have to say it's been a rewarding experience. I took over a campaign from one of the store employees running the pre-written 5E Dragonlance campaign, and the players have been wonderful and even more importantly, reliable. Turns out when you're paying to be there, yeah, you make it a priority to show up. However, the campaign is winding down and and I'm in the works to plan the next one. 
I'm not a fan of pre-written adventures, so I'm doing a homebrew setting. I want to try a more character-focused, driven campaign, and so I thought that doing a city one rather than an exploration one could be a good way to encourage a character-driven story. I created the city and gave it some conflict, and then I plan to start with a game of the Emmy-winning RPG tool, Decima, and I've never really run a city campaign, and would be curious if you had any advice on how it might differ from the typical fantasy murder hobo game. Stay jacking! Aria from New Jersey. Yes, thank you, Kimmy, for giving a platform to a diverse set of hosts. Thank you for watching. Yeah. And I'm raising my hand. Raising my hand. All right. I do want to make sure Minerva is not sitting in studio, so it's super easy for us to like get on a tangent or mm-hmm. get on a roll. So Minerva, if you feel have something to say, like Jump indicate in. it. Feel feel free to interrupt. Yeah. And we okay. will we will listen. We'll be good listeners with that. So so running a campaign in a city. Hey, Aria, I've spent too much time thinking about this. I'm going to try to keep it brief. I (laughs) love the idea of playing in a city, and I was always frustrated with how D&D did not support that. You don't get as many points staying in a town and being friends and doing jobs as you do going out and killing bigger and bigger, progressively bigger monsters. I think it's really cool when you have a... I'm going to say a moral through line for your campaign and you encourage and support that. I made a game called Shibuya Knights and it is all about improving your reputation as opposed to going up levels. And what that means is you can lie to people and you could take things that aren't yours or you could do things that are duplicitous, but because the moral theme is kind of your good-ish, people have cousins and you have bosses And you know people who are related to the people you're doing bad to. And so just really creating the network to be inconvenient for people who are going against the moral uh, thread of your game. Blades in the Dark does this in a very awesome and interesting way because you don't play characters, you play scoundrels. So you're all bad people (laughs) and you're set up to do bad things. And they also create this very interesting social web so that when you roll poorly, the social web comes against you in a very interesting way. And I find that very exciting in city games. Mm-hmm. Happy to talk more on the Discord. <laughs> Mo. <laughs> I'm going to cite two examples. Ironically, considering what you just said, is one of them is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> because uh, look into the Eberron setting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, usually when you're working in a high fantasy game, you're talking about cities that are maybe 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. The city of Sharn, yeah. the city of Towers, is supposedly more like Manhattan of a half million people. Mm-hmm. To, so it is the largest city, and you don't ever have to live, you never have to leave the city. And it gives all kinds of suggestions about various factions that can serve as patrons to your group. You've got Uh, research institutions, Mm -hmm. you've got political individuals, you've got criminal organizations that can serve as as your patron, and you dive down into the depths of the city that has been built up and up and up and up on itself Mm -hmm. over the last thousand years or however many. Yeah. And you you never have to leave the city. It it absolutely can still work that way. The second example that I'm going to cite is actually from another AP not hosted on this network, but if you have not had a chance to check out The Unsleeping City, 
on Dimension 20, mm -hmm. which is set in a modern, it is run using D&D &D 5e. It is set in a modern New York City. And the point I want to bring up here is the city is a character. Mm -hmm. The spirit of the city, whatever you're doing, should permeate the way that the game feels in the same way that an NPC, a vital NPC would, like a patron or captain of the ship if, if you were on a, some sort of a either ocean-going or space-going mm -hmm. uh, campaign. Just the character of the city is really important to, to molding the player character's attitudes. Right. They did a really good job of, of making New York that kind of a character. But I think that's kind of what I mean by moral through line. Mm -hmm. Like, there should be almost, like, I think the social web almost creates a culture mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and social norms and expectations. And I think that is where you really, the city feels like a place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, the it, city has to have a, a personality. Yeah, sorts. yeah. I mean, and and it doesn't even have to be the same personality across the entire city, right? It shouldn't. New York, it shouldn't. You're right. Yeah. I mean, no, New York, it's of course, is... from it differs. There's different neighborhoods within the city itself. Oh yeah, and I yeah, and I remember like uh, Mac played a game called City of the Veil. I think it was the engine. City of Mists. City of Mists, and that was really fun in that all four characters were from different kind of like had different neighborhoods and different backstories mm -hmm. on it. But they all converged somehow mm -hmm. in that game. And I just really liked uh, Terry Gamble's character. But she was a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you might have boroughs and, and such. You know, the city of, of New York is, is five boroughs, six counties. And Brooklyn is very different from Staten Island. Right. It's very different from the Bronx. Right. Uh, and south of the park mm -hmm. is way different from Harlem. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. <laughs> I mean, also the, the city we live in, LA, yeah. Yeah. like super different to, yeah. depending on you where you're at. The valley? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the valley. North side and south side, Chicago. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, Cubbies or White Sox. That, I mean, oh, that's a that's huge, hard. oh God. <laughs> and I think that's something you really have to lean into when you're running a game in a city, because if you're running a campaign, you can cross continents or mm -hmm. whatever. You can find those different flavors. A city, even a big city like LA, like counties, like 30 million people. Mm -hmm. It's massive. But you have to lean into those different areas, having those different flavors, those different cultural touchstones, or it ends up very bland and it ends up very, very samey, samey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not fun for your players at the, all. There's a reason why you refer to these, these city environments as cosmopolitan. Mm -hmm. They are a melting pot. And you get, when you're building the world and you're putting pastiches in various areas, the city is all of that in microcosm. Right? Yeah. And yeah. you get immediate border crossings between <laughs> those different cultures. Yeah. So when you're planning your city, I think like the first thing, like, is it going to be like Eberron, like where there's like different layers to the city right. where you've got like the literal upper tier mm -hmm. is like actually like in the sky. Yeah. And then you've got like the lower city who that like the never, sun actually, never sees. Yeah. You never mm -hmm. get sunlight. Or is it going to be something like L.A., where it's like spread out over this massive distance that's like bigger than almost. Well, the city yeah. of L.A. is ridiculously huge. Yeah. I mean, just within the city, not a county. Yeah. City of L.A. So is good. 70 miles yeah. from Chatsworth wow. to San Pedro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> big. Is that going to be the type of city you're going to have? Is it going to be more like New York where there's some tall buildings and short buildings and all these things and you've got the, it all jammed into a small area. Right. In a I mean, li- little island. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little yeah. island, literal island. So this is all really cool stuff that you can figure out. Maybe it's like Venice where there's literal oh. like like yes. rivers flowing through mm-hmm. instead of streets and now, stuff like that. On the same note, I used to live in Tokyo and it was interesting yeah. because there was a culture near train stations and mm-hmm. like they had, if you were near a train station, there was, it was more like, and if you were farther away, you were in the city, but kind of almost in the country. London oh. is kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, Absolutely. With the, the tube spots, yeah. the, the tube stops mm-hmm. rather. London, you talk about in Piccadilly or I'm in Paddington or I'm in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you're <laughs> this thriving shopping area. Sure. Yeah. But if you're not near the train station, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. it's so a desert. Like, yeah. You know, how are people going to get around your city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how well, long does it take to get from point to point in a city? Yeah. That is huge. Does public transit work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> one of the, one of the things they bring up in Sharn is because it's so vertical and there are all kinds of sky bridges, r- roads connecting the, the towers, you get up that high, the wind gets crazy mm. and you get blown off of one of those sky bridges and you're falling for a long time. Wow. Yeah. And Featherfall comes in. Featherfall comes in. They actually sell. Featherfall they sell rings. Featherfall tokens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're rechargeable, but they're only good once. Like they're essentially a what a, a consumable item. And so he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll pay my five gold and have this just in case." Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a consumable like yes, product. Yes, that exactly. like people all over sell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and you know, then are, pay to recharge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you able to freely move throughout the city, or yeah. are there things right. like? The Attack on Titan, where there's like different level oh, parts yeah. of the city where you can't actually leave the city for any reason, right. or you can't get into certain parts of the city without permission, things like that. Are there parts of the city like Staten Island that people are like they know it exists, but I don't really want to go there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the valley. The valley is awesome. Yeah, the valley is super cool, yes. and the people who live there are great. I think another thing you have to think about with a a city is there's going to be a lot more tangles and backstory. Yeah. Especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you have the party just arriving, they've never been there before, just by living in this smaller confined area, they're not going to be able to get away from their problems easily Mm -hmm. as they would in a campaign where they're able to literally leave this city and then go on to another continent or whatever you want them to do. So make, like, keep track of those things and make make their actions have consequences, whether they're good or bad. Like consequences don't always have to be bad, but like you also need to decide, are you going to have things like, okay, the Avengers in New York. Yes, they saved the city. They also destroyed all oh, yeah. the other <laughs> stuff. Right. Department like, of damage control. <laughs> yeah, like is that going to be a thing you want to play into your campaign? You might, you definitely want to talk with the players over that. Like that's an interesting plot point that might be something yeah. that worth exploring. I don't think they're probably going to be doing as much damage as like the Hulk. But you never know. It depends right. on what level you they never are, know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a Goliath barbarian can do a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, the Netflix show Arcane was really interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Kind of creating the haves, the have-nots, and the people who could go between. Yeah. And, and it's all connected by just that one bridge. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the problem is when you play a Decima, anything could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of using Decima to create neighborhoods mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. the city, and you don't have to necessarily think of them in the same way that we think of neighborhoods here, because we tend to think very horizontal about neighborhoods. But if you've got arcologies, 
mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. If you've got a very vertical city, like you mentioned before, the cloud top area where the literal clouds are going past your your penthouse mm-hmm. versus the poor schmucks who live down on level one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dread, Judge Dread, yeah, right? Judge Dread, Mega Dread. City One, right? The the massive complexes that are half a kilometer tall and 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 all that's so, I mean that kind of a thing that is a city into itself yeah 30,000 people in that building yeah so yeah so there's a lot of cool ideas to play with I think with the city for building it but I think it's really important to make sure with a city too that especially if you're using Decima lean into and maybe do some extra location cards mm-hmm. to make sure you get NPCs yeah, that, and build that population density in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. and the other thing, I love this mechanic. I don't know how much it actually fits in with, with Decimo specifically, but I love this mechanic. The I know a guy yeah. mechanic. Listen, it's, it's, it's so totally, important in a city. It's, it's critical. And also, it's really helpful in real life, too. <laughs> and I love, like, just kind of ma- randomizing whether or not that guy is reliable. <laughs> whether, oh, yeah. or not, no. whether or not they show oh, up yeah, it's yeah. like I always remember that moment in Pulp Fiction where the guy's on the phone and he says oh you're sending the wolf <laughs> that's oh, all you no. like, literally <laughs> like, yeah. like the problem is solved and like yeah. the audience doesn't know what's going on but obviously he succeeded at a role yeah <laughs> I, I, and I can see somebody using because how often do people use unless they're playing a bard sorcerer warlock or paladin how often do people use charisma as their dump stat? Yeah. Right. But you then have their charisma modifier be the number of times they can use yeah, the exactly. I know a guy mechanic. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That I mean, yeah. nobody would want to use charisma as a dump stat. <laughs> In a city, you know, it's it's so important. Yeah. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, and I love the idea of like, I know a guy. He's a little fakey. Yeah, I love that too. Or maybe just like you with you right now, because there's not a lot he can get from you back or like things like that, like having those relationships and and economics of those relationships is really important in cities. Mm -hmm. Also make sure when you're building your city, you're creating the politics. Mm -hmm. Because even if you're not actually going to be in a political game, like whether it's a democracy or whether there's a monarchy or whether it's something like that, like, Figuring out how it works is it a city state, you know, whatever it is can really play into your game, even if you never have plans to right. like have them meet the monarchy. And, or whatever. And I wouldn't write names for the monarchy because the more you write, the less the characters are going to engage with that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but that, I mean, if they're playing Decima, the char- the players might they, make they, it up. They may generate it. Yeah. But, then, generate. but th- that's the thing. The GM doesn't write that. Yes. The yes. players write the players that. Write that. Yeah. yeah. And then they have a, a yeah, sense that's, of ownership that's about the game it. they want to play exactly right. yeah that's exactly like because then that's them telling you i want this to be a monarchy because i want to interact with the mm-hmm. monarch mm-hmm. and it's basically being able to look at all their cards in a game of poker like what what are you going to do mm-hmm. oh you want you want to interact mm-hmm. with the monarchy okay, cool. and, and the thing what of, will you do like, for this like third of a kind yeah. the monarch is much more powerful in his kingdom or her kingdom mm-hmm. than they are in their capital city it's yes. the it's the council of advisors yes. who hold major sway in the capital city, much more so than the monarch unless directly. The, unless the monarch needs a small cadre of trustworthy <laughs> people to go out and be their engineers. Yes, absolutely. But who would want to play that game? Oh, I, <laughs> no. sign me up. Sign me up. I, I want in. So, yeah. Oh, I love this idea. I love this idea yes. for you. This is yeah. going to be a lot I of fun. I love the idea of city games. Yeah, please write in and tell us like, what oh, yes. you do, what you make. and. And yeah, and as you're going, like, I'd love to like 
like creating the city is one thing, but sustaining a game, like I think the other thing, like make sure you have like this a vast array. And if you look at like the Eberron books and stuff mm-hmm. and the Eberron adventures and things like that, I, like mm-hmm. they have libraries, they have laboratories, they have like just build out like all this interesting stuff, museums, historical sites, random ass parks and statues, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like have all this weird stuff in your game because it's just, it makes the city feel real. Right. Because yes. every city, like real or fake, has the thing where you're walking down the street and you're like, that's a weird ass mural. I wonder where that came from. I wonder why it's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you never actually care enough to like really do that. If that you Google it, you probably figure I mean, it out. Even the, the yeah. PCs never look into it. Yeah. You're walking down Hill Street in downtown Los Angeles mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you see a train, like a railroad yeah. at a 42 degree angle yep. that goes between, that goes, yeah, about 65 feet. Yeah. It's called Angel's Flight. Look it up. It's a funicular. It's awesome. <laughs> it's still, to this day, I think costs a quarter to ride. And yeah. I think it's the last train of its kind. No, there's two other still funiculars okay, still in the go. world, but okay. none other in this country. So if you're like Kurt, you also Google it immediately when you see the weird mural. You don't just walk by it. You well, I, everything I, about I, it and used, reserve all that information for next time you're on the podcast. Oh, oh. I used to lead a downtown architectural walking tour in oh, Los okay. Angeles. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just all that stuff is like flavor and you never know when like, they're going to be fighting some fire mage and they're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, hey, the park two mm-hmm. blocks down has a big fountain. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. fucking go. Like, go. I mean, you uh, never know. Like, so the more you build out, the more they will use it. I, yeah. I want to just mention the biggest decision you will ever make setting up this game world. And that is how fast does communication travel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is important. Are there cell phones? Are there messenger pigeons? Yeah. Are there messenger people? Like communicators. By the way, ravens can carry twice what a, a pigeon can, and they're much much smarter. Use ravens instead of instead <laughs> of, or just corvids in general instead of pigeons. Yeah, I feel like that they're also smart enough to like barter with you though. Yeah, they like, are actually. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> like, it, I need me another button. I just love the idea. It is not shiny enough. NPCs okay. send you on a randomly generated adventure just to go and you got to go do a side plot to, in mm. order to like yeah. execute the thing. I basically did one of those in my campaign as a side plot while they were, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it happens. All right. Thank you so much. The next one. All right. Yeah. For that amazing email, please update us. I'm super curious about how this is going to go and all that stuff I and what your city looks like. The next one. Why don't you take the next one because it'll be really amusing yeah. for me to take the third one. There we go. <laughs> 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 Dear Kimmy plus 1d4 host. Okay, rolling 1d4. I, I guess she failed. One, um, rolling, one, <laughs> rolling 1d4. I got a two. One of us has to leave. Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> Log out. Can't oh. <laughs> She's like, I set up the mics. <laughs> I signed up to run Decima as a one shot in a four hour slot on November 11th. A gaming. This one's actually on November 11th, not November 4th. It's November 11th. So yeah. Armistice Day. A gaming weekend with a bunch of friends. As I'm thinking about how to structure it, I heard Kimmy mention she'll be running some Decima one shots at an upcoming con. I can't think of a better person to ask than Kimmy to ask for advice on how to make this a fun experience. Of course, other hosts experience would be interesting as well. Pause, drink, resume. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a few specifics of my experience and setup. I have four players and a physical deck. I've run Decima before, 
to create a home base for a Deadlands campaign. For that, I found it's very helpful to have something like Rory's Story Cubes on hand in case a player's struggling for ideas. I've also loosely brought a mechanic from Stealing the Throne, which limits how much a person can come up with an idea, how much detail a person who came up with the idea can flesh it. It works nicely to prevent any single player from overstepping a concept, and it makes it more collaborative. Drink. Pause. Resume. Second. With misophonia is like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) A very related question. The game pitch also says if we have any time left over, we'll run something quick. And rules like like lasers and fillings or terrible RPG in our creation. Any thoughts on what will be a good fit or how to structure the first part of the session to make it easier? Thank you for all your years of great content and entertainment. Eugene from Boston. He, him, his. P.S. 1D4. Drink. That's P to the power of 1D4. Yeah. Oh, so everybody but Kimmy has to drink. That's three. <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> and now sit here and debate if I need to explain the uh, power of notation, which means power of. Now you probably already. Just <laughs> <laughs> like Kurt in this episode. There we go, Eugene. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, apologize for knowing things. No, <laughs> I, I'm not mocking you. Like, you know, you know things. It's cool. I've read Decima twice. I felt like I had a very full experience. And so the modified Decima answers, I'm going to leave to the experts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest, like a con table, you'll probably in a four hour, like, I can run Decima in a, in less than two hours, generally at a convention table. It starts running long when you get a lot of people who know each other really well, who are drinking, and then it suddenly is like a five-hour Decima game, and you're just like, oh my God, this is great, but okay, we need to stop now. But at a con table, especially when people don't know each other really well, they tend to be more succinct with their answers. Mm. And I don't know if you'll need the mechanic to keep people from oversharing. Because I found at con tables, they tend not to do that. Now, you might have one player maybe who needs that. So it's nice to have that in the bag. That's a good idea. Kurt. (laughs) But generally, even if there's a very verbose player there, they generally are very, especially the first time they play Decima, of like overstepping. They don't want, they're not quite sure of the limits. They tend to be very respectful of boundaries and how much they're contributing. If anything, on con games, usually I have to like, ask follow-up questions to get a little bit more information mm. to kind of get the ball rolling. It's a good idea to have stuff there to get their their creativity rolling. I like that that suggestion. It's also part of the rules, like if they are playing and they aren't feeling inspired by a card, just exit and give them another card. Right. I usually just kind of give a little prompt to them, like if they're like, and they just seem kind of like stumped by a card. And I never say, if you can't think of anything, because they don't like that. It's like, that one's not speaking to you, or if you feel like that's boring, are better ways to phrase that. that. Better, yes. Yes. If your imagination is limited. I like the, the phrase, if that's not speaking to you, yeah. feel free to draw another card. Yeah. Because it doesn't imply any kind of deficiency on right. the part of the player. Nope. It describes this moment, this moment is not right. Right. And it let's, is not you. Let's repair this moment. Yeah. Yeah. I like that turn of phrase. Yeah, and it's also, you know, a big part of it is normalizing the X card. Like, you, people yeah. should be Xing cards a lot because I want them to get cards that 
make them think of interesting things, mm-hmm. but also like I don't want everyone to feel like they're stuck with like whatever card they right. got because right. I'd much rather they get a card that makes them excited to contribute something to the world because that builds mm-hmm. their engagement. Uh, yeah, their yeah. their investment in it, absolutely. Also, sometimes you get a card that's like we already answered that question. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that happens a lot, especially when they start getting more verbose. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they'll add like a lot of detail with one question and some of it doesn't have anything to do with that question, which is fine. But then later on when there's a card that would probably have something to do with, you know, a character they already created or a connection or something. It's like, oh, we already kind of answered that. And then we ran into that a lot because I was running it at, this was obviously sent before Big Bad Con. I was running it a <laughs> lot at Big Bad Con. And a lot of times we did sci-fi settings, I think every single time. I leave it up to the players. I always like, okay, so what do we want to do? And sometimes players really like picking a specific system. They don't have to. A lot of times now I'm just like, well, why don't we do a crunchy sci-fi or like Traveler, blah, blah, blah. Or so picking a general genre or a little bit of a specific sub Mm -hmm. part of a genre is generally more helpful. Having them come up with characters, giving them a few minutes to do that. Having three by five cards so they can write their names of their characters is usually really helpful. And just explaining like, hey, like you don't actually have to come up with something that actually exists in Traveler. You can just yeah, be right, right, right. the custodian oh. or whatever you want to be. Like, it's sure. fine. <laughs> uh, so I use it with my local comic book shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like, where we have like drink and draws and we all just come, like a bunch oh, of artists so cool. and writers come in. And I brought that and I had someone that was working on setting up a story and they needed a place to put that story in and i've used that yeah i have this game for you and i deal out all the location <laughs> cards we actually had we actually built a cute little city for him to do something so i've been using it as a world building tool for comic stories and such nice. That's so with cool. everyone yeah. and so we actually played a little bit a little game of that and it was super fun and there was no verboseness they were all just let's draw this right now it's like okay <laughs> I feel like that's like a different kind of verboseness. Like if you're able to sit and draw it, I feel like that's the same as someone who can't draw, like sitting and explaining it in detail. Right. Yeah. You don't have to use words. You're like, this is exactly what it looks like in my new detail. Like yes. with no words. Top down. <laughs> yeah. Like this. So yeah. Cool. Here's the fountain that they destroyed like two years ago. So I'm like, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. awesome. The classic yeah. a picture is worth a thousand words. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So like if you have a four hour time slot, Eugene, you might want to actually like just run it twice. That's what I do a lot of times. Mm. It's like, hey, okay, we'll do a sci-fi and then we'll do something completely different the second right. time. Some of those players are into that. Strategicon, they've been really into that. Um, Big Bad Con, there was like two hour time slots right. for, for games on demand. So it's like we ended up, usually we end around like 75, 90 minutes. So that it wasn't quite enough time to do two. But yeah, if you promised to do lasers and feelings or something like that, Pick something that is either incredibly easy to skin or make sure you start off like saying, okay, we're going to be building a sci-fi setting. Right. We're building mm-hmm. a, a ship. Mm-hmm. I generally let the people who are doing the one shot of Decima pick what they're doing. Like, and then like explain like, hey, you can do anything. Like Jason ran it at Strategicon and did like bacterium on yes. a fly. <laughs> That's oh, that's cool. In a petri dish, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool, right? So that's my new example of like a small setting. Right. <laughs> Literally small, the tiniest you could have. Really small. Really tiny. About three inches. <laughs> you know, or like we've done like generation ships or whole yeah. so- solar systems or quadrants of galaxies and stuff like that. So like le- kind of giving them that breath. Now I'm also doing it kind of as a sales pitch. So it's a very different 
like goal from what you're doing. Yeah. So starting with like limits, some uh, fences on that. I can't think of anything. Walls on that sandbox. There we go. <laughs> Might be a good idea if you're like, okay, we're going to make a sci-fi setting. And then mm-hmm. we can be ready to whip out lasers and feelings or anything. And when skin, reskinning lasers and feelings, which I think is an excellent approach, mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing to try to like think about thematically what one of the big actions of the game is. And so if you're all goblins trying to steal, maybe it's the internal feelings and the external being sneaky. Maybe it's the internal feelings and the external driving your mech. Like just try to figure out kind of what is a main action of the game. And maybe could just consider doing a little backstory vignettes about when all the players met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be really cool. Yeah. I mean, Decima should build that for them. Exactly. I mean, like there, I mean, and it depends on the card you get too. There's literally one card that's like, how did our group first come together and what went well? And then the, you know, if you get Flip it inverted, right. it's a, and what went wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you want to play that scene, you know? Yeah. 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 So be aware of that and flesh that out with more details in the play. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And it's not meant to add everything. It's meant to get you started. And there's some people I know who run it and pull out specific cards that they may want to make sure are answered. Mm-hmm. And like, as a GM will like themselves present the cards and there's like, in the rule book, there's like a bunch of different ways to play it and stuff. But those are generally my my go-tos with it. And keeping people moving with it. It's those teacher skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just basically, like, it depends on the table. Like, I've run games that I literally probably could have gotten up and walked away and they would have been amazing. And then there's also games where you feel like you're, like, hand-holding everyone and, like, pulling answers out of them mm-hmm. and... You know, it, it's a con game. You never know what's going to happen, who's going to sign up, how into it they're going to be, if they're hungover. You never, you never know. Details. <laughs> Life is like Nuances. a convention game. Yes. You never know what you're going to get. What you're going to get, exactly. <laughs> so true. But yeah, it's, and it's also, I mean, we ended up playing an off-the-books game, like Drunk at the Bar on Friday. I think it was Friday night. And that those are always super weird and interesting, too. And like, random people show up, and mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was a good game. It was... That one was the first time I've done like a, a like a ver- vertical map. We did a spaceship, but we did it like uh, a vertical uh, one, uh-huh. which is kind of interesting. I was like, okay, so it's safety. I don't know. Uh, good luck, and uh, please tell me how it goes. Evidently, there's people in the world who don't know me who have and played Decima. It's we really strange. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, uh, who's going to read Kurt's email? I think I should. It's uh, <laughs> Kurt will read from Captain Kurt. Yes, a name that I avoided. Yeah. Like uh, which, which I Kurt are you, Kurt? I'm the original Kurt. Uh, I, I am the Kurt first can. Kurt. Yes. I, yes I am. Are there any other num num diplomas we could give you, Kurt? Kurt the first. I mean, at fair they call me Muffin. Oh, so oh. yeah, okay. that's my my band name. Yes, yeah. Muffin. Okay. So Muffin. I, I feel like like Kurt. You just know you're Kurt. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt. Everybody else, Kurt. you have to specify. Yeah. That's how I know I'm the original. Yeah, this is everyone else is the point. <laughs> Ahoy, it is I, Captain Kurt, writing from the increasingly dark, chilling landscape of Alaska, tumbling into deep fall. <laughs> <Burr>. <laughs> I first want to thank all involved, especially Jackalope, for making this summer's JackerCon a rousing success. I was fortunate enough to get to finally play in his Nahul game, mm-hmm. and he's a fantastic GM. Mm-hmm. 
Playing a game steeped in the Latinx culture and confronting the horrors of colonialism slash imperialism, where we get to be supernaturally powered animal spirits that run a taco truck selling tacos made out of collected angel parts was wow. absolutely amazing. <laughs> Play this game. Bought it. There's the pitch. Yeah, I mean, how does that remind me of uh, Dave Cafe's rule truck? Yeah. <laughs> also got to play in the latest version of Kimmy's Starscape, and I am very excited to see this game go to print. It was incredible to see how much more streamlined the game has become in the past two years. I'd also like to point out this is a little bit of an old email, so it's better even now. It's even more streamlined even than it was better. a few months ago. <laughs> Played a delightful L5R game where I defaulted to my favorite clan, Crab. Okay. I got to run Alien, and I'll just say as a mental note to me, myself, and I, Leave time at the end for feedback. <laughs> it was nice to hear that Ellie enjoyed herself in that game. She wrote into the show a few weeks back because my wasp nest of a brain really thought it was not great and not very fun. Aww. Drives me bonkers sometimes how I can second guess myself into thinking the game was a flop when I could have just asked at the end for some stars and wishes. Yeah. <laughs> like he also went all out on that game. Like he like had me pre-record dialogue. Because there's like a computer yeah, yeah, yeah. countdown and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I was like, we'll self-destruct in five <laughs> minutes. So I like wow. had all this stuff I recorded mm -hmm, and sent mm -hmm. him. Like he was on it with planning that game. Wow, it was amazing. Nice. Yeah, I'm sorry that I like waited till like the night before to actually record it and send it to you. But he sent it to me way early. So he was he was on the ball. I was not. Fair enough. Also, shout out to Stinky Fool for running Under the Hollow Hills by Vincent and Megui Baker. McGay where we play Faye Carney's putting on a traveling circus slash, slash sideshow slash vaudevillian performance. Yep. yep. It's a fantastic game, and I loved getting to play it. Bought the book right after the game concluded. And I am fortunate enough to get to play with the aforementioned Vincent Baker himself at Big Bad Con. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that went well. <laughs> In fact, I should probably stop droning on about how excited I am as I've begun to annoy myself. <laughs> My question, is it worthwhile to do a stars and wishes style go around the table at the beginning and at the end of the game? Are there other techniques you'd recommend to check in with the table to gauge the mood of the game? Especially con games where I'll be playing mostly with strangers. Except Kadave will apparently be in my trophy gold game because he, like yours truly, is just strange. <laughs> P.S. Just one P.S. I very much look forward to getting to finally meet some of you in person after 12 plus You're years. So For oh. those who like to plan the long con, did you see what I did there? I am also looking at finding a way to attend OrcCon in February 2024. I don't know if I'll be able to see you. And leaving the cold? What for? <laughs> I mean, it'll be February. It's slightly in warmer. It'll be February in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a good point. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. The bar. It's very different. It's like, oh, it's going to be so cold. It might be like 68 or 70. I might have to hey, wear my sweatshirt. It drops into the 40s, just not negative 40s. It's yeah. <laughs> absolutely like, delightful. At night. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cheers, Captain Kurt. There we go. Yeah, Orcon in February is very much a shorts and t shirt con. <laughs> I mean, usually, it's yeah. Sometimes indoors, it rains usually. a little, yeah. but not but like it's like California rain. Yeah. It's it's like everyone freaks out while they're driving, except people who aren't from here. Not from here exactly. And like 
And if you're from out of town, you won't have to worry about that because it's not like you're going to be driving. Yeah, and it just means you have yep. to sometimes be careful where you walk in your regular sneakers because there might be a puddle a little bit on the sidewalk. Yes. Yeah. We oh, don't know. These are hazards of LA rain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, it gets to be like 110 in the summer. So 115. Yeah. With no humidity, even. No, none. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yes, no, it was super great to meet a bunch of people for the first time. It was one of those very surreal moments where you know a person and you feel like you know them really well. Like, it's like what I was talking about earlier. Like, Mm -hmm. and like, I was in the dealer hall and I... I don't remember. Were you standing with me when Kurt first walked up? Uh, I I think think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't... We were in there a lot, but... And then I, like, in my peripheral, this very tall person, like, is just kind of looking and I'm like, I look and I'm like, I know. And it's like... Oh, and then it's just like this cool moment and you get to give this person a yeah. giant hug. And it, I don't know, it was just very cool. And then, yeah, we got to play in games together. We did Decima. Yeah. If Captain Kurt is coming down in February, if we can get pots to come down in February, <laughs> I'll see if I can make it there for at least one day and we can have another meeting Kurt at the Council of, of Kurts. The Council of Kurts. Yeah. That'll be amazing. It will. It it's would, been a while since we've had one of those. Yeah, must so. be so <laughs> very exciting. Yeah. I don't know if I'd do Stars and Wishes at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Especially for a con game. I mean, maybe in a campaign when people have had time to digest what happened the week before. Yeah. But I might you do don't that, know. Yeah. You don't. At the beginning of a you con game. You don't know what you, you have, want. Exactly. Yeah. You have yeah. no idea what to expect. I mean, Lines and Veils is important mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yes. I think that's putting too much on the players to have expectations. And really, I think people tend to default to regular or interesting and it puts too much on a GM to like, okay, the hoop is this small, jump through it. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would do it for like community, like game days or JackerCon because there's enough of a a norm in Mm, the community that people kind of know how it is. A lot of times for, I know us and like a lot of other Discord events like that, you get like a room set up with the players like a few days ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can kind of talk about like goals for the game, lines and veils ahead of time. I feel like when you have that that time, it might be good to be like, hey, is there anything you really want to get out of this game? <laughs> Someone sitting down to a table, it, like there's already a lot of stuff to do there. It might be... I don't know. I'm trying to think of like how to do that in a way. Like, I don't think it would be a bad idea to like doing a full stars and wishes might be hard, but just being like, Hey, does anyone have something they absolutely want to get done or try in this game? Right. I think that would be good. And I like, as someone who sits down to play new systems a lot, I would really appreciate that. If there's like a specific thing that I want to try out and be like, I have heard that the X, Y, Z mechanic, and this is super cool. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure we see how that's done. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's an answer you might get a lot more than like, or I once they maybe wait till after they make characters and maybe make like a character goal. Yeah, I think that, there's a yeah. power in playbooks and playbooks are such an amazing RPG mechanic mm-hmm. that most people don't consider a mechanic. But essentially it's like most playbooks are set up so you can figure out the thing you want to do during the game. Yeah. And it's like, so when people bring like all of these like witchy types to a game that has like lots of like shoot 'em up and sword play, like you know, we're gonna take this game and let the players be witchy yeah. because that's what they want to do. Somebody picked a punch 'em character. We're gonna make sure they get to punch something. And I think playbooks are kind of that thing. Mm-hmm. That what do you want to do? 
somebody might know the system well enough <laughs> to say, I also want to, can we actually see an alien in an aliens game or something? Yeah. yeah. Playbooks are awesome for that. Yeah. And well done playbooks and character stuff a lot of times has mm-hmm. some sort of element of this is your goal as this character, or this is what you want or believe in, or this is something you have a problem with, which is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bobo okay. True said, I told yeah. my GM, I want someone to throw me at an enemy. Yeah. To be fastball special <laughs> is a classic. That is what it was exactly. It was the fastball special. It was I mean, there are no players available. Make sure an NPC shows up. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, but I, I mean, that's a great thing. Like, yeah. hey, if you are playing in a superhero game, like, I want like this sort of thing. Like I want to be able to just fucking like punch a thing and have it fly up. Like these are the cool moments. Yeah. Like people want yeah. these things. They have preconceived notions that they sit down to any RPG with. Mm-hmm. Like from pop culture, from things they've read, whatever it is. Like people sit down to a vampire game and they want specific things. Yes. I think having a, a succinct way of asking that is not a bad thing. Like maybe even have, just hand out a, a three by five card mm-hmm. if you're at a real table and just be like, Write down one thing that you'd love to have happen in this game today. And Ooh, this, I like that idea. Ooh, and emphasize good. that you will try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No promises. I can't, no promises. I can't guarantee, yeah. but I will try to work this in. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I, do your I best. think that, yeah. I want to beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever it is. Or like, you know, we're playing Mask. I want to, you know, when you're the doomed, I want my doom to actually happen. Right. Can we fast forward this? That Like, usually it takes multiple sessions. Mm-hmm. Can I have this happen? Or I, I'm playing a, I can't think of it. But when they, a magic user has a patron who's a demon or oh, a, like a warlock. Warlock, there we go. Warlock. Thank you. I'm like, I played this in fucking WoW for ages. <laughs> Can I think of the word? I want to uh, meet my patron and have, yeah. it, have the patron. If, 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 yeah, like, oh, you're going to fuck around? Guess what? You found out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe they like have a thing where they don't know their patron and like mm-hmm. like they don't know who their patron is. Yeah. I would love to have this revealed to me. Or oh, something yeah. like that. Like people mm-hmm. write really interesting things. Maybe it's something simple as just like, I want to make sure we meet the king. Like, okay, yeah. great. No problem. Yep. Yep. Like bringing it back around. But nice. Yeah, just like having that way to a full stars and wishes. And you a lot of times you'll have to explain how to do that with people at the table because they don't necessarily know what stars and wishes are, even lines and veils, a lot of times you have to explain. So having just a three by five card, write down like one wish or, you know, or one thing you'd love to have happen in this game, I'll do my best. And just collecting those, make sure they put their names on it because then you just have like a whole bunch of cards with like wishes <laughs> and you have no idea whose is whose. That is awful. Yes. But yeah, I, I think that preferably, would be my go-to. Preferably player and character name. Yeah. Or like at least one of them. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And post- they, otherwise, they get no credit if they did not put their name on it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Teacher tools. Oh, Teacher mode. No. I knew that was coming. Sorry. Oh, man. I, I want to encourage Kurt, who seems like somebody who I kind of identify sometimes with, that sometimes you play or run a game and you just don't know. And if you are feeling down at the end of a game, feel free to like share some kind of contact info. And let folks know, hey, sometimes I have a hard time taking feedback. Could you like drop me a note mm-hmm. and let me know? Mm-hmm. And you will find that you will hear it different later yeah. than at the table. You're a lot, especially, I mean, even, even if it's constructive criticism, mm-hmm. a lot of us will take criticism and immediately fall defensive right. in the moment. But mm-hmm. yeah, that gift of time. Yeah. 
of being able to remove yourself. Like you get to come down yeah, yeah. from exactly. right. running the game. Yeah. What do you think, Minerva? Would you be feel like put on the spot if you were asked something like that at a game? You were with like strangers or new people? It'd be like the waitress or waiter coming by and you're just chomping into a burger. <laughs> and like, how you doing? It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this is good. This is good. Which is also why having like the little later feedback or like the little card there where they yeah. can just circle mm-hmm. things like, here we go. Well, I can like munch on my burger and also give feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say that if you are going to do that, I like the idea of cards. Yeah. Uh, at a lot of cons, I've gotten like, if you would like to give me some feedback and they hand out a full eight and a half by 11 sheet with no. like six or seven questions on it. Oh yeah. boy. No. And I'm just like, no. I don't have and time have between now and my next game to fill this out. Yeah. And if I don't do it now, I'm it's not going to remember. Yeah. I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to get wadded up in the bottom of my backpack. I'll find it when I dig it out for the next convention. Yeah. Right. Which actually literally happened. <laughs> so that's why it was a real specific memory. So yeah, I mean, like if, it, yeah, if you have something prepared already to pass out to people, because you're coming in, people are coming in sometimes with a blank slate, and yeah. it's like coming into the wine selection part, of, <laughs> or a cheese bar or something, and you're just like, you see all the cheese, you see all the wines, and you have no idea. But having something visual right. in front of you, you pick out the labels, you like find the prettiest one, and you say, I, "This it is sound, what I want." It sounds corny, but it is actually useful. Instead of asking questions on those cards, make statements and Mm. then put the strongly disagree, slightly disagree, neutral, slightly agree, strongly agree, and have them just circle that. I agree with this statement or I completely disagree with that statement. You are more likely to get feedback. And then at the end, provide a note section like anything specific you'd like to tell me uh, that I didn't cover. And I would not put more than four questions. No, on that card. No, or even a lot. And it's best, yeah. like statistically, as someone who knows a lot about asking questions and actually has like a degree in this, it's best if you're actually looking for feedback to have six options because then they cannot pick the middle option. Oh, yeah. So they either have to pick even number or four. You uh, four, four. Yeah. yeah. So, so that way they're on one side or the other. Yeah. They're not like, oh, down the middle. Yeah, it's fine. And then you get like, not applicable. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, that's not helpful if everything's down the middle. You're like, yeah. Great. <laughs> I answered C. Yeah. Every time. But, and and yeah. if you have these cards and you're feeling anxious, you could just run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just throw the cards up in the air and disappear in a hand in, in a snow of index cards. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's just as good as a as a smoke bomb. That'd be amazing. I feel like that's what my, if like if I was actually a superhero and I wasn't Wonder Woman, like I imagine myself to be, I think my actual superpower would be like something with office supplies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. I just, so, like, I mean, considering considering the Diana Prince version from the seventies television series, I could absolutely see that. Yeah, <laughs> for a long time, my icon on the internet was her as like a sub, as like a teacher, like with like Themyscira in history and the blackboard behind her, <laughs> and she was just starting to like do the change where she's like starting, and you could just see a little bit of like her chest plate, and she was like pulling off her glasses. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Yeah, but, anyway, but yeah, and also just like. Give yourself space, like especially like when you're yeah, like at a con game, it's a little difficult, like again, because you don't know who like who you're gonna have at the table. 
But like on the Discord for like JackerCon and game days and stuff like that, like it's it's a safe space. Like the people there, we're friends. Like you're going to have off days. Like I've run mm-hmm. really bad one shots uh, quite a few times. And I've run also like the same day run incredible one shots. So like we all have off days. Like no one's going to be angry at you for just having a little bit of an off game. And sometimes it happens. And you have to allow yourself space to have that happen. The other thing about, especially at a con mm-hmm. where you're running one shots, it's kind of like stage performance in one specific. It's ephemeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's in the past. Mm-hmm. Nothing you do will change it. So don't bother worrying about it. Right. Learn from it. Watch the game footage. If you don't like it, like watch it in your mind. If you don't like it, burn it and move on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, Opposite most of that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Go Opposite to that. If you do have something physical from them, like a little card with their feedback, if you like it, you can keep it. That's true. Stick it in your place and keep and refer back to it when you were feeling crappy. You're like, oh, this Mm -hmm. made me. This guy liked me. This guy liked liked my game. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And like keeping that. He's like, I have stuff from a lot of things. And one of my most visceral memories is like the first time I was running a game at a con and like someone came up to me a little while later who had played in the game and just kind of left. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like, we were like in line for sandwiches or something. And like he walks up, he's like, Hey, I liked your game. And that was like it. Like that was like it. But it was like, oh, like he liked it enough to like walk over to me right. from his table 20 right. feet away to tell me he liked my game. He took effort. Yeah, he made effort. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, like one of my like most visceral memories, because I was new to running it and especially at cons, and I would have been freaking nervous. And I'd kind of assumed that negative since they just kind of like left, but they were like way ahead. Like they, they were eating while we were all still in sandwich line. So obviously they had left to like get in line for mm-hmm. lunch. And then like, the I don't know, just like, it wasn't even like deep, meaningful. Like it was just like, Hey, good. cool. <laughs> and this, this space is this community is so accustomed to people just not always being on their social a game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think there's just a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. People are very okay with you having an emotional moment, feeling inadequate. I think a lot of people in the community are very understanding. Yeah. And so, yeah, you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing in, Kurt. It was great to meet you. And I hope to meet you in February yeah. if I can make it. Do it. I hope to be able to say that thing you just said. Pobody's nerfect? Pobody's nerfic. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to practice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for Season 32, Episode 20. Please support our amazing Indie Designer of the Month, Monroe Wells Soto. He, they, and at monroro.itch.io. Still, it's great. Monroro. Thank you to our chat mod, James B, and to our amazing mm. patrons who keep us ad-free and independent. You can join their incredible ranks at happyjacks.org slash Patreon. My name is Kimmy. I'm Minerva. I'm Kurt. And I'm Mo. <laughs> All right. And we are going to leave you with a song today. This is The Pub That We Call Home uh, by uh, the I world famous Poxy Boggards. You can find them at poxyboggards.com. And thank you all so much. Sorry that we didn't have a show last week, but we were at the con and I got home on Sunday afternoon and I had been really like 
thinking positive, like, oh yeah, optimistic. I can totally, re-. I was like, no. <laughs> no and then I you can't. sat down. Your yep. body said no. I was like, oh my God. And I still have a toddler who's going to be awake for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay. <laughs> so uh, thank you for hanging in there. And uh, yeah. We will see you next week. Oh, uh, one quick quick thing. If you are in the Las Vegas area this coming weekend, please come out to Sunset Park to the Age of Chivalry Renaissance Festival and see us, me and and my band, Sport of Tricks. And Mm -hmm. we will be be playing there Friday, Saturday afternoon and evening. We're closing the stage Saturday night at nine o'clock. And then uh, one more show on Sunday. And it's a lot of fun. It's It's a really fun fair. That's a super great fair. And yeah. I love that they do night shows. Oh, yeah. It's open until 10 p.m. Yeah. each night because wow. it's freaking Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, come out and see us. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Well, allow me to tell you of a place dear to heart Of each sailor and soldier Both slovin' and smart Each face in that place is familiar and warm Where each traveler weary retreats from life's storm Tis this hub that we call home And from her we oftentimes may roam But our respite will find in a pint Maybe nine in this hub that we call home And suffering the chafing of my long wedded road Entombed in the womb of this free house in Bath Her walls provide shelter from my wife's wicked wrath Tis this pub that we call home And from her we oftentimes may roam But our respite will find in a pint Maybe nine in this pub that we call home When life's hours and I'm weary and beat To the hopping and coughing I need to retreat With a pale cup of ale and my good mate's concerns I'm rested yet weary to the battle return Tis this pub that we call home And from her we oftentimes may roam But our respite will find in a pipe Maybe nine in this pub The raging of aging in my last breath I crave Please pull up the floorboards and dig me a grave As you rouse and carouse, pour an ale on the floor If you listen with care, you may hear me cry more More, more, more Tis this pub that we call home And from her we oftentimes may roam But our respite will find in a pint Maybe nine in this pub that we call home Tis this hub that we call home And from her we oftentimes may roam But our respite will find it a pint Maybe nine in this pub that we call home This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network the Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts. Mm-hmm.